and thank you for taking a moment to listen to God's word today. Hope this sermon is a blessing to you and your family. You know, um, a couple of years back, I was having a conversation uh, with a group of pastors, and the conversation was about the various kinds of worship uh, that we have in churches. And uh, hey, this morning we had an amazing time of worship, didn't we? Amen. That was a beautiful time of worship. We praise God. And um, while we were sitting and uh, having this conversation in this um, group, and the group had, you know, both young pastors, elderly pastors, um, you know, um, upcoming worship leaders. So there was quite a, f- a, a different variety of, of people there. And we were just having this conversation of how worship has changed so much. And, um, and it got me thinking because I was sitting quietly in the room and I was listening to the conversation and uh, I was asking this question to myself, has worship really changed? Has worship changed over the years? Is it, is it worship that has changed or is it the style or the songs that have changed? What is it that, that we call worship today? So looking into the conversation, we understood what we were trying to say is that the style of music, the style of songs, you know, the genre of songs that, that we have and, and different varieties of music and songs that has been written now, uh, that, is, that has been changing from time to time to time. But heart of worship has not changed from the moment God existed. Amen. The heart of worship has been surrender. Worship has always been about surrender. Worship has always been about obedience. Singing songs is an expression of worship. It's an expression of us coming together and thanking God and celebrating God and everything. But It's not the worship. Worship comes from within us. And um, one of the pastors there, um, he was like, I don't like the songs anymore. You know, all these modern contemporary songs, they're just too fast. You know, they're they're just too jumpy. I like the hymns. And there was a songwriter in the room who was trying to argue back saying, I'm a modern songwriter. God is giving me songs, you know, to write to the next generation. And then you can only imagine how that conversation went. And uh, at the end of the day, the elderly pastor said, anyway, what's the big deal with worship? What's the big deal with worship? The most important thing is God's word. As long as we get God's word, And we keep moving forward. That's all it matters. What's the big deal with worship? And the title of my sermon this morning is, What's the big deal with worship? Is worship a big deal? What's what's the deal? What's the deal with worship? Is it a big deal? And uh, when I was sitting in that room, and that phrase kind of stuck in my mind for, for a long time, and I've been thinking over the years of, what that pastor was trying to say was that, is he talking about the heart of worship or is he talking about the expressions of worship? 
but there's a great deal when it comes to worshiping God. And this morning, I want to talk to you about the big deal of worshiping God. Amen? Worshiping God is a great deal. You, you understand, it's, 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 it's a joyful expression. Has anybody told you to sing songs or taught you to sing songs when you're happy? Did anybody force you to sing songs when you're happy? When you feel joyful when you're happy, right, you automatically start singing songs. I mean, my little girl, when we are driving or when we are going somewhere or if I'm driving to her to get an ice cream, you know, she starts singing. She's like, yeah, we're going to get ice cream, we're going to get ice cream. She put her own tune, she has put her own lyrics, and she started singing, which is an expression of what she feels on the inside. And as we come together to worship, as we come together to praise Him, as we come together, you know, uh, uh, as, as a church, what we are trying to do is express how we feel about God through songs. Now that's one side of worship. There's another side to worship, is that we receive from Him of what He's trying to say to us through His Word, and we live a lifestyle where we are completely obedient and surrendered to Him at all times. And that's the other part of worship where we live as a worship to Him. We live as a worship to Him. Now, the devil is trying to stop both in our lives. The devil wants to stop both in our lives. He, he wants to stop your praise. He wants to stop your song. And also, he wants to stop you from obeying God. If you look at Psalm 137, verse 1 to 4, and if you look at the context of this passage, you see the people of Israelites, you know, they are in captive, and they are in a foreign land, and they are not sure what to do and how to sing. And, and, and this is what happens. By the, by the rivers of Babylon, there we are captives. We sat down and we wept. When we remembered Zion, the city God imprinted on our hearts, on the willow trees in the midst of Babylon, we hung our harps. For there, who took us captive, demanded of us a song with words, and our tormentors amusement, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange and foreign land? This was the condition of the people. And they are asking this question, how can we sing a song in the foreign land? How can we sing a song in a strange land? This is what the devil is trying to do in all of our lives. That at many times, he makes us feel strange in our own mind. He makes us feel strange foreign. He makes us feel 
captive. He makes us feel like we are tormented in our own mind because of negativity, because of your anxiety, because of what is to happen. And you're constantly questioning yourself, doubting your faith in Christ. And because of that, your worship is stolen. In fact, what is happening here is that these people have actually hung their instruments on a tree. Their harp was the instrument of praise. Their harp was the instrument of worship. Their harp was the instrument of rejoice and dancing. But what is happening here is because they are captivated, because they are tormented, because they are in a foreign, strange land, they decided to stop worshipping God and they hung their harps. The Lord is asking all of us this morning, where's your instruments of praise? Where is your harp? I'm not just talking about your physical instrument. God is talking to us. He's asking us, where is your worship? Where is your praise? It is one expression for us to come together and worship God. And we had a beautiful time of worship this morning. That is brilliant. That is one expression of worship. But when the devil keeps you awake at night with many questions, when you face situations, when you face problems, when you feel captivated in your own mind with depression and anxiety, the Lord is asking, where is your heart? Where is your praise? Where is your worship? You got to understand worship, you know, is not just an instrument, is not just a tool, but worship is a weapon. Worship is a weapon. And you got to understand that you are constantly at war against the devil. The war is probably not physical. Some of us are actually physically fighting battles. You have sickness, there's, there's weakness in your body, and, and certain things that you are facing physically is an attack from the enemy. And we are going to pray for healing over your lives and keep worshipping God because worship is your weapon. Some of us, we are facing battle in our mind. In our mind. You know, they say that we, there, there are millions of thoughts that goes through our mind every day. Can, can, have you ever tried to stop thinking? Like, is that even possible? Like, have you ever tried to, like, okay, I'm going to stop thinking. And then you're thinking about stopping to think. And then you're thinking not to think because you have said that you're going to stop thinking. Now you're thinking why it's so impossible to stop thinking. Your thoughts are constant. And the enemy has taken up our mind as his battleground where he tries to invade, sow lies, shift our thinking makes us to doubt ourselves, makes us to doubt God's word, distract us from the truth. But what can keep us focused is the praise and the worship that keeps coming out of our heart at all times. 
Worship is your weapon to fight against everything that the enemy is trying to throw against your life. This morning, I'm telling you, whatever situation you are in, whatever the battles that you are facing, or whatever questions you may have about your future, or whatever hurt that you may be carrying about your past, maybe you lost a loved one that you did not expect to lose, Maybe, maybe you, you lost a relationship that you did not expect to lose. Maybe you are worried about your future and you thought everything is secure, but already from between a Sunday to Sunday, you lost a job and you're wondering what will happen to yourself, your family, and the future of your children. And the Lord is asking this morning, my son, my daughter, it is worship, it's not just an expression when you drive to to get your ice cream, your ice cream of spiritual blessings. We don't just sing songs when the Lord is giving favor in our lives. We sing songs even when the Lord is quiet. We praise Him, we worship Him even when we don't hear from Him or feel like we don't hear from Him. We worship Him and praise Him and our posture is always obedience and surrender even when things are going wrong and it's chaotic. In the midst of everything, I'll raise a hallelujah. I'll raise a worship. I'll raise a praise. Amen. You know, hallelujah is, the word is, it's, it's adoration. It's praise unto Him. And that's the only word, you know, that is the same in every language. You can turn up into any part of the world and walk into any church and say hallelujah and everybody will get it. Amen. They all will get it. We can praise Him as a church. We might be diverse, you know, diverse in, in our language or culture. Uh, or we might have borders uh, because of our, uh, of our nations. But there's one thing that unites is that we all come under the banner Yahweh, God Almighty. And we can always come together to worship Him. Worship is a weapon. I'll tell you why worship is a weapon. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen race. Yes, God is talking about you and I. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, special people for God's own possession. So that you may proclaim the excellencies. The word proclaim is exaltation. The word proclaim means lift up a praise. Lift up a banner. Lift up your heart. Lift up your countenance. In the midst of everything that is going on in your life. Lift your life and your voice and your prayers unto God. Proclaim His excellencies, His wonderful deeds, His virtues, and His perfections of Him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. The thing that we fail to understand is that even when you feel like you are in darkness, 
There's a marvelous light over your life because according to the earthly principles, you might feel like you are in a dark situation, but if you can be in the light of His Word, you are in the revelation of who God is. If you are in the revelation of who God is, even when everything seems to be dark around you, you will see a light in front of you. And when you see that light in front of you, you will only be able to open up your mouth and your heart to say this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it even after I come out with a doctor's report that says cancer I will still say this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice in it even if I have just got a news over the phone saying that you are being laid down from your job you have lost your job, but there is light in front of me. There is goodness in front of me. There is the banner of Yahweh God over my life. So even when I receive those kind of news, I will still open up my heart because I see the light in front of me and the light is always with me. The glory of the Lord is my strength and I will keep on saying this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's our worship. That's our worship. You know, there's this app called Spotify and, and many of us, we use that which has, you know, thousands of songs in it. And in the app, it has various, um, you know, playlists that you can put. And people create playlists according to moods that, you know, according to how they feel and, and what they are in. So there's, there's, a, there's a playlist for, you know, long journeys for driving. There's a playlist for, for a romantic dinner with your wife. There's a playlist for, um, you know, um, uh, just, you know, when you're working out in the gym. There's a playlist for that. But, you know, my question to you this morning as, as a worshiper, as a worshiper, I'm not talking about just a singer, everybody can sing, but as a worshiper, what's your playlist? Is your playlist determined based on your mood or is it always on? Are we hitting pause? Are we hitting pause when something hits our life? When we face challenges, are we hitting pause or is our playlist constantly on singing and worshiping Him? You know, that 1 Peter 2.9, it says that we are a chosen priest, royal priesthood. You know, priesthood, the job was them to worship God and, and, and connect, you know, you know, bridge the gap between people and God. And they were these this connectors between, between heaven and earth. And they, they took worship to God on behalf of people. And today we are all called the royal priesthood. And we are called to worship. And when we worship, you know what happens? When we worship, we bridge the gap between heaven and earth. That's what happens. We bring heaven to earth. This morning we had a heaven on earth experience with God. And that experience can be constant when you are a worshiper. When you are a worshiper. 
I want to give you a couple of things. What happens when you worship and what happens when you don't worship? This is what happens when you worship. When you worship, God arises and your enemies run. When you worship God, when you sing His praises, when you give Him adoration, when you give Him thanksgiving, when you keep going on in worship with God and your heart is always obedient to everything that His Word says, God arises in your life. The Bible says God arises in the praises of His people. So whenever you're, you're, you're praising Him, if you're not praising, then you're complaining about Him. If you're not praising, then you are doubting Him. If you're not praising, then, then my heart is filled with unfaithfulness and not faithfulness. When I'm not praising, I am, uh, I am lamenting and I'm not giving Him thanks. I am mourning and I'm not giving Him thanks. So when you praise Him, God arises for you on your behalf. This morning as Getty was leading, she was saying how God works on our behalf. And God will arise in our praises and He will start moving on her behalf. And when God arises, the enemy has to leave. Your enemy has to run away. Your enemy could be sins. Your enemy could be some temptations that you are finding. Your enemy could be the sickness, your physical sickness that you're going through. Your enemy could be, you know, mental depression. Your enemy could be, you know, there's no peace in my family. It could, be, it could be a relationship. Whatever it is, the Lord will break you free from that as He arises in your life. The second thing is worship releases something into the living atmosphere and we see heaven come down in our life every day. Psalm 150, verse 1 to 6, one of my favorite psalms, it says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in mighty heavens. Right now, we are in His sanctuary. Even though we are meeting uh, at our homes and, and, and you are all connected with us over Zoom, but uh, God is dwelling in our midst. God is God's presence there with you. His presence is there with you right now. And this is our sanctuary. And we praise Him in His mighty heavens. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to the abundance of His greatness. Praise Him with trumpet. Praise Him with harp. Praise Him with lyre. Praise Him with tambourine. Praise Him with dancing. Praise Him with stringed instruments. Praise Him with flute. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with PSR. Yes, 950. Praise Him with uh, Roland. Praise Him with uh, whatever instruments that you have. And you might say, Pastor, I have no no instruments. The Bible says, and it covers it all, if you are breathing, that is your instrument. If you can just smell the good biryani that your mother is making, then you are breathing. If you feel right now, I am hungry, then you, uh, you are healthy right now. And if you are healthy, if you are alive, if you are breathing, everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. With every, for me, I would want to say, 
with every breath, I praise the Lord. Amen? With every breath, I praise the Lord. This is what happens when you don't worship. When you worship, God arises. When you don't worship, yourself arises. Your, 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 own, you know, your own emotions, your own feelings, what do you think is right and, and, and what is more important to you, yourself arises. When yourself arises, your ego arises. You start questioning things. You're not, you're not surrendered. You're just, you're just trying to argue and rationalize everything with God. But that's not a posture of surrender. When praise arises, yourself will not arise. You will stay humble and you will worship Him. What happens when you don't worship? Disobedience to God becomes your daily life choices. That's a scary place. Every choice that you make, you'll be disobedient. You'll be walking away from His Word. You'll be walking away from what God has called you to be because you're so focused in yourself and you're self-centered. What happens when you don't worship? You will be afraid of situations and you will not act like a warrior. Remember I told you that worship is a weapon? And these people in Psalm 137, when they were captivated, because they were captivated in a situation, they hung their weapon. They had a weapon, but they did not use it. It says they hung their harp. Many of us, we have hung our worship. We have, we have just laid it down. Imagine if you were given a license to carry a gun. Right? You would, you would want to you, you keep it. Right? Especially when you know that you're going to walk into a situation where there's going to be trouble. You're not going to leave your weapon at home. You're going to keep it at all times at all times have you seen uh, uh, any soldier walk into a war without his weapon have you seen any cop going to you know uh, encounter somebody and they're running and they're like okay it's time to get that shot and he puts his hand and there's nothing there oh i hung it at home you're not ready for war if you don't carry worship with you, it's like you have no weapon with you. There's no, the, the weapon is worship. And when we don't have worship in our heart, when we don't have obedience in our heart, in our life, when, when our attitude is not to praise Him, what becomes is that, that you become a POW. You know what a POW is? You become a prisoner of war. You become a prisoner of war. You know, when, when, when you're captivated with those days, when, when there's war and you get captivated, that's it, you become prisoner of that war. You'll be shut down, you'll be in a lockdown, you'll be a prisoner of war. But this morning, God wants to 
talk to all of us and say that you can be a different POW. If you can be a different POW, you don't have to be a prisoner of war. What is that different POW? If you can be a person of worship, you will not be a prisoner of war. If you can be a person of worship, you will not become a prisoner of your mind. You will not become prisoner of depression. You will not become prisoner of anxiety. You will not become prisoner of your disease. You will not become prisoners of the lies of the devil. You will not become prisoners of something that somebody said against you. And you are in prison of what people spoke against you. You are still living in the prison of the past. But if you can be a person of worship, when Paul and Silas when they were arrested, when they were in prison, they started worshipping, they started worshipping God and they started praising Him and the doors opened for them. They were in prison, but they were in freedom. If you can be a person of worship, you will not be a prisoner. You will not be a prisoner. You will walk in freedom. What's your playlist? What's your song this morning? What is it that God is speaking to you? I'm going to ask the worship team to join with me again on stage. And, and as we are thinking about this, it, let it be a non-stop attitude of worship. You know, today they have so many things that you can subscribe to, right? A lot of apps. And, and all these apps that you use, they have these two levels of subscription. One is the free one, and then they have the premium one. So whether it's iTunes or Spotify or, 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 or any other app that you might use, they have this, this free version, and then they have a premium version. And the difference, the main difference is that the premium version is ad-free, is advertisement-free. And when you are enjoying a song, and all of a sudden this advertising, advertisement comes in, and you're like, oh man, I don't want to hear about, you know, Colgate paste right now, I'm enjoying that song. I don't want to be distracted from my song. You know, I'll, I'll, so... A lot of people, and they do it in purpose. They do it in purpose. In the middle of a song, they'll, they'll play, you know, an advertisement would come in. So that you get frustrated and you would take the premium membership. Right? It's designed that way. The good news when it comes to our heart of worship is that I know the devil is trying to play a lot of, you know, he's advertising a lot of things into your life. A lot of things that, is that could distract you away from God. He's advertising it into your playlist. He's advertising it into your track. But the good news is that you already have a premium account. You are actually a royal priest. You're actually, <laughs> come on. You're actually in premium version. 
You just need to skip the ad. You just need to ignore it. Because Jesus paid it all. He gave you the access to come to His throne room of grace. You know, in the Old Testament, it was only the priest. It's only the priest who could go and worship. But when He died on the cross, the veil was torn. And He said, everybody can come and worship. Everybody can come to my throne room. There is no more like only through sacrifices. Nothing. You can come. And He became our living hope. Come on somebody. Put your hands together. Give God the glory. Give God the glory. Give God the glory. He bought a premium membership for us. That we have non-stop, unlimited access into His throne room of grace. Into His throne room of worship. That we can always walk in, not saying, oh how great, how great. But you can just even call Him Father. You can just walk into His room saying, Daddy. And you can fall at His feet. You can worship Him. He is our living hope. Church, the question is, what stopped your worship? What paused your worship? The Lord wants to release that pause button. And He wants to restore the worship in your life. We hope that you are blessed by this sermon. You can share it with someone else who you think can also be blessed through this. If you'd like to support our ministry financially, you can do so at kingcitychurch.org forward slash give. And we will see you next week with another inspiring sermon. God bless you.